millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of $15,178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. The Opinion Line on Cork's 96FM. I spoke on Monday to Sinn Féin TD Donoghue on Era about what they do with regard to childcare if it was left to them. Donoghue, when you hear the sector quite pleased with yesterday's budget, um, it's an endorsement of where the government is going, isn't it? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Yeah, look, I mean, I suppose we, when I talked to you on Monday, I talked about doing two things, and the government has done one of those things, and it is an important thing, and it's something that I would have worked with, I would have worked with Eve, and I would have worked with Mena. It's something I've been raising for years now, so, like, I mean, I'm glad that on that particular issue that the government has listened, albeit that there has to be negotiations, but what we would have proposed would have dealt with that, um, and there obviously there would have been a cost to this but i think it is important that parents get some relief here because like i mean i've heard people talk about oh we'll come back to that next year we'll come back to deal with cost next year but for the people who are dealing with childcare at the minute like you know that mm. could be you know 10 grand in the difference that they spend this year it actually could be like mm-hmm. and I, I think maybe mm-hmm. people oh, very, very expensive. you're talking to fiona here about the cost of child care for her two for her two children and anybody else i know it's it's like another mortgage in in, in some it houses is, like, it, how would it, you have proposed to bring that down though yeah, well, look, I mean, what we were proposing uh, was an additional 86 million, and that would have, we would have taken on the wage bill. We would have taken on the wage bill. And I think that actually the way the government has gone about this, even though um, there is some positive moves in, in terms of dealing with the, the, the issues facing the sector, we would have taken on the wage bill. We've nationalised it, in other words. Well, not necessarily the providers and the actual businesses or the, the providers themselves, but the wage bill, a bit like how our education system works, that the Department of Education pays for the teachers. Similar, we would have paid for the childcare workers. And in doing so, and in dealing with some of the other overheads, your electricity and things like that, your utilities and different costs like that, we would have been able to bring down a cost by a third uh, this year and as further third next year, um, that would have been hundreds of euros. Of Where would the eighty-six million time. come from? Because we're we're borrowing to keep the lights on. Well, look, I mean, I, we wouldn't be borrowing to fund current spending. I mean, we've been very clear about that. Borrowing is for capital spending. Borrowing is for to build and to mm. buy. So, where uh, would the eighty-six million come from? 
Well, like, I mean, we've outlined in our alternative budget, and it's very detailed, how we would ensure that all uh, all of our spending commitments are adhered to, and some of those involve taxation measures. Yeah, but I don't we have that in front Monday. of me. Tell me what you would have done yeah, to get yeah, the 86. Yeah, no, but, like, I mean, we've talked already, I suppose, on Monday about the uh, solidarity tax, at 3% on income above for 140000 uh, and specifically on the portion of that income above that, that raises about $408 million. There are really generous tax subsidies for the kind of gold-plated pensions that very high earners receive. And we would reduce the subsidies on that because they're all of us are subsidising those pensions. And that costs about $387 million a year. That would be um, that would make a significant difference. There's a tax break for those who are on incomes between uh, $750,000 and a million. Um, the uh, special assignee relief program again that costs about 42 million it allows millionaires to avoid spending tens of thousands of euro on taxation so like i mean these are the kind of things that i suppose like i mean well it's not technical on one level what it actually means is there, there are there are tax breaks there for higher earners and mm. indeed we see the bank levying being ended for two of the banks uh that i think have uh, you know the, the I'm sure I would suggest, that Donica, that all these things are very easy until you actually have to sit and try and do it. If you were in government tomorrow, it might prove more difficult to actually do. Listen, PJ, we're not a bit under any illusion that being in government will be challenging, uh, but we're well up for that. We want the opportunity to do that. We believe, look, I mean, I think this budget yesterday represented a government that was tired, that was that had run out of ideas, had no imagination mm. for how to tackle And yet here we the have the childcare sector very happy. Look, I mean, as I say, there are tens of thousands of parents out there who have no relief, no relief mm. at all, even though they're spending eight or nine hundred euro. And like, I mean, look, I'm not yeah, sure. And, we, and, and that is an awful thing. And I'm, I'm hoping some of them yeah, will contact. I'm not but sure like, any of this would be happening except for the campaigning that they have been doing. Indeed, I have been true, true, on the true. picket lines with them for four, five or six yeah. years. And right. look, I'm glad that that pressure has told, and it has told in a few other areas as well. Yeah. And there are issues that I have been pushing that I'm glad sure, the government has sure, agreed sure. to. And, 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 and good, good news that is being welcomed. You know, it, it's. It's good to it's good to do that, but a lot of the decisions, let's face it, Donoghue, were based on supply constraints, international supply constraints. How would you resolve that? That whatever Sinn Fein can do, it can't bring down the price of gas, it can't bring down the price of timber, it can't bring down the price of oil right now. Well, we wouldn't add we wouldn't add to the price of of gas anyway. That's for sure, and that's very clear. You know, like I mean, the but we the have commitments as a nation. We must for for carbon purposes. Yeah, but there are many other ways of doing that, and there are many other ways of that we would propose doing that. And certainly, you know, we would prefer the carrot rather than the stick, and the incentive rather than the punishment, because there are many, many people out there who don't have the option uh, to reduce their carbon usage if they are living in a rural area, if mm-hmm. they don't have a public transport uh, that they can use, if they have a building that isn't suitable for retrofitting, or if they don't qualify for the grants. So there are many people out there who really this is going to cost them, but there's not very much they can do about it. There's no place at the other end that they can make the savings. So where we are talking about... Like there's also labour costs involved. There's a shortage of labour, huge shortage yeah, of labour. Yeah, sure. So then it's about incentivising. Then it's about incentivising and prioritising. So what... But we, we haven't have got enough doctors. We haven't got enough builders. How do we incentivise that? 
Well, we'll deal with the building side of things first because I think that was the area you were, you were first talking about. Like what we were proposing to do is to increase stamp duty on the building of offices and hotels so that it became more attractive for developers to focus instead on housing uh, and to prioritise and to incentivise that the resources of the construction industry would be focused on our greatest need, which is housing, which is apartments and housing. And that's what we would have proposed to do. Now, there are labour shortages. We recognise that. There are things that need to be done in the long term. We've been talking for years about expanding the number and categories of apprenticeships. And I'd be meeting with DTB later in the week to talk about apprenticeships. Uh, so that we have more workers coming on stream but in the immediate mm. one of the things that can really make an immediate difference is changing the incentive so that there is yeah but more like that's risky in, the, in a global economy that's that's suffering a lack of labor and a lack of supply in a crippled supply chain right now that's risky isn't it I don't see. It. Can I? Can you elaborate on that? I'm not sure why that is particularly risky. I think it's it's more about ensuring that the uh, that the resources that exist within the construction industry are focused on the within this state are focused on the important issues that we need to build. Like, I mean, we need to build houses. Like, there's no question yeah. about that. But we also we need, need to bring in houses. jobs through businesses, and businesses need modern premises. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there's no question of that. But like, I mean, I think where is the most urgent need? Uh, it is in housing, and that is where we are focused very clearly and I suppose the other thing in terms of housing that didn't happen in this budget and it's really incredible and to be honest I had lots of people saying it to me yesterday like I mean why don't they have a tax relief for renters the renters are like I mean they're assisting the landlords and look there's lots of good landlords out there and they play an important role uh, but they are getting some assistance here but tenants are not even though they could be paying back breaking rents uh, they, it's impossible to save for a deposit but if we have more housing stock then rent will go down of itself well, yes, I like. I mean, look, I mean, that's what we've been saying for a decade now. To be honest, PJ. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, so, and do we seem yeah. to have more stock coming. Yeah, well, like I mean, I don't believe it's four, actually four, going to be four billion. Four billion on housing. Mm. Well, look, I mean, it looks like it's only going to be about in reality, in terms of what's actually affo affordable, less than about two thousand. Affordable units, even by their own account, it's only about six, uh, whereas we believed it needed to be about 10. Uh, but really, like, I mean, what they're talking about, what's actually truly affordable is less than two. Uh, a lot of it is going to be at effectively market rates. And if you can't afford market rates, you're not going to be able to get those affordable units. Really, we needed to be talking about 20,000 social and affordable units rather than the 12 that the government is talking about. Out. That's what all the organisations on the ground are telling us. That's what we're basing our numbers on. Mm. Uh, the information that we're getting from Simon and all these organisations. That's what we believe we need. But in the meantime, as well as building those, and we've I've identified to you, PJ, how we would reallocate resources to ensure that it's focused on building houses for people to live in. And some of that is about bringing back into use derelict houses, and we've produced policies on that and derelict buildings, which there's a lot of in the city. But in the meantime, our renters need assistance and in need immediately and they keep being ignored yeah. PJ. Well, that is a big hole in this budget and anybody would acknowledge that I think Donica to be fair that there's very little in this nothing in fact for people who are trying to pay a crippling rent and still feed a family and still run a car and still do all those things. Donica Lira uh, Sinn Féin uh, frontbench spokesman on education and Cork South Central TD. Thank you. Cork's 96 FM